pretty dark out there. The days are growing cold, the nights are drawing in. This is the time of year where I love to sit snuggled up by the coal fire, hearing the rain rattling against the windowsill, snug and warm against the storm outside. But in more ways than one, it's pretty dark out there. This year, for the first time in decades, we've seen war return to Europe. The conflict in Ukraine, many refugees here with us in Guildford, uh, missile strikes against civilians, many thousands displaced, and still ten months later, the war grinds on. It's pretty dark out there. As temperatures plummet, the energy crisis continues to cause anxiety and fear and even physical danger for many. In the freezing temperatures that we've had this last week with homeless numbers close to a high and the spiralling cost of living crisis, people scared even to heat their homes. It's pretty dark out there. We have crisis in the NHS. A record number of families using food banks. In the UK, we now have more food banks than we have McDonald's. A record number of all ages battling loneliness and anxiety and depression as the mental health epidemic goes on. It's pretty dark out there. John chapter 1 and verse 3. The light shines in the darkness. But the darkness has not overcome it. The darkness will not overcome it. The darkness cannot overcome it. And this Christmas, as every Christmas, we celebrate the light that shines all the brighter, even on the darkest canvas. It was Her Late Majesty Queen Elizabeth who said in one of her Christmas speeches just a couple of years before she died, that Jesus' message is never out of date. It's needed now as much as ever. And for me, the last 12 months have just reinforced that truth. We need light now. Need it as much as ever. And I wonder this Christmas, what does the light that shines in the darkness mean for you? We all face our challenges because life is complex. If there's one certainty in our world, it's that reality is messy. Uh, for you, it might be that your work is complex. Maybe you're facing an impossible situation. Maybe you're under unsustainable pressure. Maybe you have a grumpy boss. Maybe you are a grumpy boss. Um, I can see a couple of my staff team who laughed a little too loud at that. But I'm going to leave that train of thought there might be worries about family, concerns about a child or a partner. might be trouble in your marriage. It might be financial pressure. It might be fears for our health. We all have our worries and our anxieties. And for all of us, life is messy. From time to time, we all face darkness in different forms. And if we're honest, we know that we all contribute both to the solution as much as we can but also to the problem itself. In that same speech, the late Queen went on to say that wisdom is to recognise some of life's baffling paradoxes, such as the way that human beings have such a propensity for good and yet a capacity for evil too. Because the darkness that we face is also one of our own devising to some extent. 
Years ago, the Times famously invited responses to the question, what is wrong with the world? And the most insightful reply was also the shortest from the philosopher and literary critic G.K. Chesterton. What is wrong with the world? He replied, Dear Sir, I am yours sincerely, G.K. Chesterton. We all long for that better world, but the line that separates light and dark runs not between us and them, not between right and left, conservative and labour, or any other division you want to name. It runs through the very centre of the human heart. And if we want to be part of the solution, then we'll need help. If internally we rail against the darkness in our world and in our lives, and we long for more, if we want to be liberated to be the change that we want to see in our world, if we long to exceed ourselves and shine as lights in the darkness, then the message of Jesus this Christmas is a message we will need to receive. Because the only power strong enough to transcend our human shortcomings is the power that created us in the first place. In the beginning was the Word. And so tonight we're reminded again that the message of Christmas is just as needed, just as provocative, just as transformational as it has ever been. The Christmas message is that God has entered the mess of our existence and given us the greatest gift of all, the only light strong enough to overcome all darkness, himself. In those beautiful words from John 1 that Joe just read, verse 3, the light shines in the darkness. Verse 9, the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. Verse 14, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. Today we celebrate that in that manger, that stable, God himself entered the world, born as a baby. It's the news that God has seen the brokenness of our world, the barrenness of our souls, how far we've fallen from that fullness he first intended for us. And he's come to rescue us from all that is wrong in our lives. The word become flesh, the light shining in the darkness, come to make his home with us so that we could find true hope in him. It's the news that God doesn't remain aloof from the problems of our world. In human history, recorded by eyewitnesses, that baby grew and lived and died. God made man. He healed the sick, raised the dead, accepted the outcast, pointed us to a better way. He said, love your neighbour as yourself. He said, turn the other cheek. He said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me will never die. He lived the life we should have lived and died the death that we deserve to die. He came so that we might know God's love for ourselves if we receive him today. He came to bring us light that no darkness can cast out. And this is a message that we all need. None of us has lived a perfect life. All of us will one day face God. And we're deluding ourselves if we deny that we're in need of forgiveness and mercy. We all fall short in some way. 
And so we all need to receive God's grace. That's part of what it is to be human. And we're all that mixture of darkness and life, frustrated good intentions. And, and within us, right at the depths, we have this yearning for more. Uh, crying out against all that's wrong in the world, a sense that it shouldn't be this way, a longing for light that will break through even the darkness. And we experience it in different ways. Kierkegaard called it alienation. Sartre called it nausea. Nietzsche called it seasickness. That dissatisfaction, that disconnect with the mess that we experience, that longing for a better way. You ever wondered in the dark of night, is this it? Is this all there is? Faced by the emptiness of a universe without point or purpose. Faced by the absurdity of life in the face of death. Faced by the exhaustion of feeling like everything depends on us and the weight of the world is too heavy for our shoulders. Have you ever felt that gnawing feeling, there must be more than this? There must be more than this. Well, there is. We were made for more, hardwired for connection with our creator. And our yearning for more, it's a symptom of our soul's hunger for God. There's a God-shaped hole inside each one of us that can't be satisfied by anything this world offers, however hard we try. A darkness within each of us crying out for inextinguishable light. And our yearning for justice, for fulfillment, for acceptance, for perfect love. It can only be met by the one who made us for himself, came to meet us as a babe born in the manger. Our desire for a better world, it's only realistic if it's found in the one who created it all in the first place. That, that life of meaning that we long for, that inner peace that endlessly eludes us, that security of knowing our value and our worth, that quiet confidence that means we can face darkness, even death, with hope. They're found in the gift of God in Jesus, come to earth to reconcile us to himself. It's pretty dark out there. And if we want to be part of the solution, we're going to need help. Jesus' message is needed, is needed now more than ever. And what does he offer us? Himself. John chapter 1 and verse 12. To all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. As the carol goes, where meek souls will receive him still, the dear Christ enters in. My friends, will we receive him tonight? Jesus' message is good news of great joy for all peoples. It's an invitation to each one of us to receive the greatest gift this Christmas. Jesus Christ, God made human, the light that shines in the darkness, the love of the one who made us, the love that we were made for. The good news of Christmas is this, that you and I, we are more broken and flawed than we would ever dare admit, and yet at the very same time more loved and accepted in Jesus Christ than we could have ever dared hope. That you and I are more broken and flawed than we would ever dare admit, not me. But at the very same time, more love, more accepted in Jesus than we could have ever dared hope. 
He invites us to receive his love, not just for our own benefit, but to join him in his mission to reconcile and heal all things. He invites us to become ourselves, lights that shine in the darkness, receiving his light and overflowing to those around us as we allow him to free us from our selfishness, to grow in us the fruit of his spirit, his love and joy and peace. It's only by receiving God's love and forgiveness that we're enabled to become all that we long to be a power that's far greater than any we can access ourselves. And as we come to close, I want to say this is more than wishful thinking. It's not just a fairy tale for the children. The message of Christmas is historically verifiable. It's a claim to objective truth that bears scrutiny, grounded in events recorded by eyewitnesses 2,000 years ago. This is not just the Christian witnesses, there's Jewish writers like Josephus too, the Roman writers like Tacitus and Pliny. There's more evidence for Jesus than any other figure in the ancient world. Uh, and if you're here tonight thinking it's a lovely story, but it's not true, I'd just love to encourage you to join us next term at one of our discussion groups to, to switch your brain on and come explore the evidence for yourself. This is not just wishful thinking. This is a claim to objective truth. And I'd like to leave you this evening with a picture by the great pre-Raphaelite painter Holman Hunt. Uh, there are two copies. One hangs at St. Paul's Cathedral, the other in Keble College, Oxford. Uh, and it's called The Light of the World. Jesus stands surrounded by darkness in an old forest. He's carrying a lantern. He's knocking at a door. And the door is it's all tangled by thorns and weeds. It hasn't opened for a long time. Uh, and the door is designed to represent the human heart, my heart and yours. You'll notice there's no handle on the outside. It can only be opened from within. And th this painting was inspired by words from Revelation, where Jesus says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with them, and they with me. Uh, and it evokes the fact that many of us believe in God. We think that he's out there somewhere. But he feels distant, feels far off. I don't feel like I know him personally. It's almost like I'm talking to him through the door, exchanging notes under the letterbox or listening for the scuffle from outside. Well, at, at Christmas, God came to earth. God was born in human form so that we could invite him in. There's an invitation this evening to open the door of our hearts to him so that we can experience his love and light in our lives. For however great the darkness a light that will not be put out, transforming us and empowering us as we allow him into the centre of our being. For myself, doing that changed my life. As a child, I was very anxious. I was always trying harder. I had this sense of never being good enough. But knowing the God who loves me no matter what, it's given me a deep peace. It's changed me. I'm no longer anxious. I no longer feel like a failure. I'm broken and I'm flawed, but I'm accepted and loved by Jesus Christ. And my life will never be the same again. This Christmas, we remember the God who, loved, who so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him might not perish, but have eternal life. In the midst of darkness, light. In the midst of chaos, hope. In the midst of trouble, peace. Accepted by God through Jesus Christ. If we invite him into the centre of our lives, if we receive him today. Uh, and even tonight, now in this moment, 
God is inviting each one of us to receive the greatest of all gifts, the gift of himself. It's for me, and my journey is a story of going from anxiety to peace because God accepts me no matter what. Just the same, it's for you tonight. God knows you and he loves you. And this Christmas, he invites you to open the door and to receive his love. It's not just for me and for you, it's for the world. If we allow him to take us beyond ourselves so his love might flow through us to those around us. It's for real. The Christmas story actually happened, recorded by eyewitnesses in history. And it's for now. What better time than Christmas to open again that door in our hearts and receive the light that Jesus offers. This Christmas, can I ask, will you accept that invitation? The light shines in the darkness and he's offering us himself, knocking on the door of our hearts. Will we open the door and let him in this Christmas? I'm going to say a prayer and I invite you to join in and make it your own. You don't have to use my words, you can use your own. It has three movements. We say thank you to the God who loved us so much that he came down into the dark mess of this world to reach us. We say sorry for the ways that we've been complicit in the darkness, for the bits in us where we fall short of what we'd want to be and what God made us for. And we say please, we ask him to come into our life and to bring that light that we so need to enable us to live in relationship with the love we were made for. Thank you, sorry, please. Let's pray. Oh God, thank you. Thank you for the love that you have for me, for each one of us, that you came to earth as a baby so that we could know you. Lord, I'm sorry for the ways that I'm complicit in the darkness, my selfishness, the ways I turn from you. Please forgive me. And please, Lord, enter my life this Christmas. I open the door of my heart to you. I want to live with your love at the centre of my being so that you might turn me into a light that goes out into the darkness so that others might receive it too. In Jesus' name, amen. In a moment, we're going to sing our final carol. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, do catch me on the door and I'd love to chat to you and encourage you as you come to experience God's love for yourself. Uh, and whether you prayed that prayer for the thousandth time or the first time, or whether you are thinking about it but you've never yet made that decision to open the door and allow God into your life, we'd love you to come back and to join us again as we celebrate the rest of our Christmas services. Hopefully you're given an invitation to come back on January the 8th when we launch for the new year. Uh, we'd love you to keep coming and to hearing more about the love that God has for you, the love that took him from heaven to earth, both this Christmas and in the new year.